Blog Talk Radio. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible has the answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and never had it so good gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level. Thank God the Bible is right. Thank God the Bible is right. We know the Bible is right. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Beloved, we're in Proverbs, the book of Proverbs, the 21st uh, chapter, the first verse. And the book of Proverbs uh, on one level is, is, a, is a book of practicality. It's very practical. It teaches you how to live this life. It's the owner's manual. Glory to God. But I can tell you that this book is very deep. At another level, it's extremely spiritual. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. Well, we're down to the 21st chapter. We're in the 21st chapter, the very first verse. Amen. And in the King James Bible, the, the, the verse reads, The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turneth it whithersoever he will. Proverbs 21.1. In the Today's Living Bible, it gets a little clearer. Just as water, this is Today's Living Bible, Proverbs 21.1. Just as water is turned into irrigation ditches, so the Lord directs the king's thoughts. He turns them wherever he wants to. And that's, that gets a little clearer. In the positive thinking Bible, it gets even a little more clearer. The Lord controls rulers just as he determines the course of rivers. Glory to God. The Lord re- controls rulers. Now, beloved, uh, to me, this is a refreshing uh, revelation. Amen. When you read this and, and think about it. This is a refreshing revelation because sometimes we we look at rulers as there's nothing you can do with them. They do anything they want. They have control of the armies and the police forces and the whole mechanism of the governments. And what can one person do against the government? Amen. In Solomon's days, kings uh, they possessed uh, kings possessed absolute authority. If you've ever seen any pictures of uh, you take a Genghis Khan, when you when you went before him, you had to be on your face at all times, and you had to come in on your face, facing him. And when you left, when it was time, when he would dismiss you, you couldn't turn around with your back to him and walk away or crawl away. You had to go backwards, but facing him. 
and he had absolute, absolute authority over you. And uh, But this proverb shows that God has ultimate authority over rulers. Amen? And just like so many other things that the word sets you free in, because the Bible says that whom the Son sets free is free indeed. And the Bible says that ye shall know the truth, John eight thirty two, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Amen? And just like you learn so many things in the Bible that make you free, this made me free from the thoughts of rulers have absolute authority, and there's nothing you can do, because this proverb shows that God has ultimate authority over world rulers. Although they, although the rulers don't realize it, or they may not realize it, uh, the earth's most powerful leaders have always been under God's control. Amen? Leaders have always been under God's control. And it's refreshing to know that we might be under leaders and they may have absolute control, but, but they don't get to do everything they want to do but that God, they're under God's absolute control. Although to us, it looks like the leaders are in absolute control and they can do whatever they want to do, we think. Amen? Glory to God. But um, I'm so thankful that, that, that God is sovereign and that God has absolute control. Amen? I'm thankful for that. In Daniel, we get a we get an example of God being in absolute in, in control over kings, absolute control over kings. Uh, Daniel, the fourth chapter, and I'm going to start at the 24th verse. What are we What are we looking at? We're looking at God's working in the hearts of kings to do His will, to do His will. Amen. Now, I'm going to explain this because I'm, I'm, I'm going to start right in the middle of the chapter, so you may not understand, but I'm going to explain it to you. But Daniel, the fourth chapter, the 24th verse says, this is the interpretation. I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to explain it. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king. Did you see that? It says this is the, the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King. Most times, it's the kings that are giving out the decrees. But but King Nebuchadnezzar finds out that the Most High gave him a decree. And where, this, where it says this is the interpretation, what that means. King Nebuchadnezzar, this is what the second dream that he had, and he didn't understand it. And the dream was interpreted to him. The dream was interpreted to him. And one of the things in the dream was that one of the interpretations of the dream was that if he didn't turn from his pride, God's judgment was going to come on him. And it says, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the King, that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. And they and they shall make thee to eat the grass, the grass as oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven, and seven times shall pass over thee, till thy know that the most high 
ruleth in the kingdom of men, that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men. See, we think that the rulers have absolute rule, and they can just do what they want to do. But the Bible teaches plainly that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. And whereas uh, thy commanded to leave the stump of the tree roots, thy kingdom shall be sure unto thee. After that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. You see that verse? It says that thou shalt have known the heavens do rule. You know, many things, kings have written decrees to, to, to have things done, but the heavens overrule them. Remember when um, King Arusus uh, uh, was going to, uh, he listened to Haman to destroy all the Jews, and he, they wrote the decrees and everything. And, oh, boy, yes, they were going to destroy the Jews. But what did the people of God do? They fasted and prayed and fasted and God arranged it so that did not happen amen that did not happen the king was overruled amen he found out glory to God some things and and turned the whole thing the whole scheme was turned upside down amen after that verse 26 after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Sometimes men down here on the earth can rule with such an iron hand. You know, when the, when the people in Burma, uh, Myanmar or Burma, uh, they, they, well, the English called it Burma, but the, but the Burmese people call it Myanmar. Remember when they were, uh, when they were uh, demonstrating in the, in the streets, and the military rulers over there were so unmerciful and how they just mowed down the people and put thousands of them in prison and beat them and tortured them and everything. Times the ruler men can seem just so vicious and hard, amen, that we think that men can gain absolute control. And see, without the Bible, oh, my gosh, Without, you know, when we have the Bible opens our eyes to so many things, things that we could not know if, if the Bible didn't tell them, tell it to us. Because, see, without having this revelation, we would we would despair of this world. We would say men are so mean and wicked. But when you get in the word and find out that the heavens do rule. Glory to God. It doesn't matter how vicious men are. We know that we can appeal to God and that God has the power. He, he can turn the heart of kings. He can turn the heart of, of, of um, uh, 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 big men, powerful men. He can do it. Amen? Why? Because those men are made out of flesh and blood. Those men are made out of flesh and blood. I don't care how many guns they got. You could have 20 million guns all around you, but if you get sick, you're sick. I don't care how, I don't care what kind of king you are. You could have gold crowns on your head, uh, robes from here to California, but if you're sick, you're sick. There ain't, ain't nothing nobody can do about it. Amen. 
The only one that can do something about it is God Almighty. And so when you realize that 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 the heavens rule, amen, now God has given us dominions on the earth, but God can overrule something. He can overrule something if he chooses. And this verse says in 26, after that thou shalt have known that the heavens do rule. Wherefore, O king, let my counsel be acceptable unto thee, and break off thy sins by righteousness, and thine iniquities by showing mercy to the poor, if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. Now, the, 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 King Nebuchadnezzar had the dream, the interpretation came, and God in his mercy gave this man time to repent. I think he got a, God gave him a whole year, a whole year to re- repent because God told him what would happen. And, 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 and he didn't repent. So in verse 28, it says, all this came upon King Nebuchadnezzar at the end of 12 months. I was right. I was right. I thought God gave him 12 months a year. He walked in the palace of the kingdom of Babylon. The king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty? Remember the, remember the dream and the interpretation? God told him. There was four things that God told him, one of which was, if you don't repent, if you don't turn from your pride, you're gonna, I'm going to have to bring judgment on you, man. And God gave this man 12 months to repent and turn, and he wouldn't turn. And so, sure enough, what God had told him in the dream came to pass. 12 months later, he walks out on his balcony, and he says, Is not this, remember, God had told him about his great pride. Is not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power? And for the honor of my majesty, and while a word was in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. Glory to God. I'm, I'm up against a commercial break. I'll be right back. We'll read about, I'll, I'll read about the voice of, from heaven. Amen? Hold on. I'll be right back. Well... I guess I'll go on. Amen. Uh, Verse 31. While the word was in the king's mouth, there fell a a voice from heaven saying, O King Nebuchadnezzar, to thee it is spoken. The kingdom is departed from thee. What did God do? God warned him. God told him, man, I'm giving you time to repent. I'm giving you time. And God was so gracious to the man, gave the man 12 months. And because the man wouldn't, wouldn't repent and turn, it fell upon this, uh, 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 judgment fell upon the man because the man in his pride went out and, and on, his, uh, on his balcony and pronounced the great things that he had done. Amen. God, but a voice came from heaven. And said to the king, the kingdom is departed from thee, and they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beasts of the field. 
They shall make thee to eat grass as oxen, and seven times shall pass over thee, until thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. The same hour was the thing fulfilled upon Nebuchadnezzar, and he was driven from men, and and did eat grass as oxen. And his body was wet with the dew of heaven till his hairs were grown like an eagle's feathers and his nails like bird's claws. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven and my understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High and I praised and honored him that liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. What happened to him? After the days that God appointed for his for this man to walk around like an animal, it says his understanding returned unto him. Amen. And he began to bless and praise God. Amen. It's like the prodigal son. Remember when he was in the pig pen? It said, it came to him. You know, he came to himself. Amen. Glory to God. Some people, glory to God, they can they can be in a bubble or or um, something and they get so high-minded and they get so full of pride, glory to God, that they forget themselves and they start thinking that they pulled themselves up by their bootstraps. They were so wise that they that and so smart in their investments that they did this and they did that and they did this and whoa they're just so wise amen glory to god and then god will warn them god will give them time to repent glory to god but if they don't listen they bring judgment on themselves amen until they realize and they come to themselves and then when they come to themselves and they cry out to god God in his mercy, because it says that God restored him. Amen. God restored him back to his his old self. Glory to God. And he was king and put on his throne again. Uh, glory to God. All that was given back to him. It didn't have to be that way, because we see in Scripture other kings. Glory to God. The king that came against Hezekiah when he got back to Assyria, his kingdom, his own sons slew him while he was in the house of his God. His own sons came with a sword and slew him and ran away. Amen. So it, it, it wasn't automatic that, that a person is restored. Amen. Due to that great uh, uh, pride. But God is so merciful. God is so merciful. Glory to God. And the, and, and the story lets us know, glory to God that God rules in the affairs of kings. Amen. God rules kings, glory to God. Uh, The Lord controls rulers just as he determines the course of rivers. Amen. Glory to God. Glory to God. Now I want us to go to Nehemiah. Nehemiah, glory to God. This is one of the books that that I use when I'm teaching about leadership. Or I'm teaching about spiritual warfare, because in this book you see how all, many, many ways that the enemy tried to come against Nehemiah 
and turn him back from what God had ordained for him to do, to go back and build up the walls of Jerusalem. And glory to God, the enemy came. And so many different ways, if you want to learn some of the stratagems of the devil, just read Nehemiah from a spiritual warfare perspective, and you'll see so many tactics of the devil that he uses today because he hasn't come up with anything original. Amen? But we but today we're we're looking at Nehemiah from the perspective that God rules in the affairs of men and God turns the hearts of kings. God rules even men may not fully realize it. Amen. Don't you, the Bible says that our times are in God's hands. Nobody knows when God is ready to take them up if they're born again. God is ready to take them to heaven. And no one knows when they're going to transition. Amen. All of that's in God's hands. Ain't you glad about it? Because, see, if you knew the exact date, you'd be worrying. You'd be calculating. I got to get this done and this done before the date comes. Amen. But you have total freedom because you don't know the date. Ain't that wonderful? God knows what he's doing. Our Heavenly Father is so wise. Glory to God. Well, we got so much to read in Nehemiah showing God's hands in the affairs of men. Nehemiah 1 says, The word of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month Chrysalu and the twelfth year, as I was in Shushan the palace, Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah. And I asked them concerning the Jews that escaped, which were left, in the captivity concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity are in the province, are in great affliction and, and reproach. And the walls of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept. So he sat down and wept because he was concerned about his brethren, the Jews that were at Jerusalem. Glory to God. And glory to God, because of what he heard about the condition in Jerusalem, he started praying. He started praying and he started asking God to have mercy and to help. And he beseeched the Lord. He beseeched the Lord and sought the Lord. Glory to God. And in chapter 2, verse 1, and it came to pass in the month Nisan, in the twelfth year of Artaxerxes, the king. That wine was before him, and I took up the wine and gave it unto the king. Now I had not been before times sad in his presence. Wherefore the king said unto me, Why is thy countenance sad, seeing thou art not sick? This is nothing else but sorrow of heart. Then I was very sore afraid. And if I had more time, I'll tell you why I was afraid. It was illegal to be depressed in the king's presence. The king said, un mm, and said unto the king, Let let the king live forever. Why should not my countenance be sad? When the city, the place of my father's sepulchers, lieth waste, and the gates thereof are consumed with fire. Then the king said unto me, For what dost thou make request? So I prayed to the God of heaven. And I said unto the king, If it please the king, and if thy servant have found favor in thy sight, glory to God, that thou wouldest send me unto Judah, unto the city of my father's sepulchers, that I may build it. King said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, 
For how long shall thy journey be? And when will thou return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I set him a time. And I set him a time. Moreover, I said unto the king, If it please the king, let letters be given to me to the governors beyond the river, that they may convey me over till I come to Judah. Uh, okay, and uh, on and on and on. I've only got about three minutes, so I want to explain what happened here. Glory to God. Glory to God. Nehemiah finds out that that the Jews in Jerusalem are in great distress and that the walls are broken down. Glory to God. And now he's the king's cupbearer. He's in good shape. He's got a good job. He's not in no danger or anything. But his heart goes out to the people of God and to the work of God. And so he begins to petition God. And what does God do? God puts it in the king's heart to have favor so that when Nehemiah would make his petition, God fixed it so that the king's heart would be merciful and that Nehemiah would find so much favor in the king's heart that the king granted Nehemiah all his heart. When Nehemiah asked for letters to be written to the governors across the river, it was to tell those governors all the things that I need for the rebuilding of the walls. Uh, The king says, you can give me the timber and all the other things that I need. And I need a, 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 a guard of soldiers, a small guard of soldiers to be with me. And I need thus and thus and thus and thus supplies. And so because God turned the heart of the king, glory to God, all of, of uh, Nehemiah's request was made. Plus, Nehemiah was given the freedom to go do it. You capture somebody from a country and carry them away, and then you send them back to that country. Uh, woo! Uh, you may not see that person again because they they come home. You mean to tell me they're going to turn around and come back? Amen. Glory to God. It's just like when Joseph told Pharaoh. He said, "I, my father, I've got to go up and get my father in Canaan land. Uh, I, 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 I want to go up and get him and bring him back." Amen. Glory to God. And so um, uh, Joseph could have escaped at any time. He could have jumped on a chariot and boogied for Canaan land at any time. Amen. But these men had favor with God. And because they dealt truly, they brought great favor upon themselves. So much favor that God turned the hearts of these kings to do great things. Amen. To cause great things to happen. And God has a reason, glory to God. He has a reason for, the, for uh, certain kings being in certain positions because those kings have certain assignments, glory to God. And God will work with those kings to accomplish his will in the earth. Uh, remember Augustus, uh, Caesar Augustus, glory to God. He was Caesar of Rome, glory to God, but God used him. Uh, Caesar declared a taxation Or if you will a census That all the world should be taxed Why? Because Joseph and Mary Come down to Jerusalem To fulfill prophecy Because that's where the Messiah was to be born And so God touched Augustus's heart Caesar Augustus Now Caesar didn't know that He didn't know that God was touching his heart And was giving him the idea To tax the whole world But it was God's idea because scripture had to be fulfilled. 
Amen. So these men in history, without knowing it, they had assignments from God. Glory to God. And those kings were protected by God. They were protected by God because they had an assignment. And nothing would happen to them until their assignment was fulfilled. Glory to God. And even Nebuchadnezzar, glory to God, he had an assignment. And when he got beside himself, because God rules in the affairs of men, God set him aside for a while until he came to his senses. And when he came to his senses, what did he say? He realized, God, you're the greater power. You're the greatest power in the universe. I thought I was the great power, but I found out. I'm paraphrasing. He didn't say it this way, but this is what it meant. I found out that you're the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. And that's true humility. That is an example of true humility, knowing who you are in relation to God. Now, if you're born again, you're sons and daughters of God, but you're also servants of God. Amen. Glory to God. And we bend the knee. We gladly bend the knee because our heavenly father is such a wonderful father. We gladly bend the knee. Glory to God. But while we're sons and we are full sons and we're we're heirs of God and join heirs with Jesus Christ, we're also servants of the living God. He is God almighty and every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. Amen. That he is Lord. Glory to God. He has that exalted place. And we we give honor to God and thank God tonight for this wonderful information, knowing that it might look like rulers down here are running amok, but God is in control. God got them. Amen. Well, I got to go on. My time is up. The Bible has the answers. See you next week. Love you. Bye-bye now. I know the Bible is right. It's the Bible Has the Answers with Pastor Aaron B. Williams coming to you live every Wednesday at 7 p.m. and Never Had It So Good Gospel 107. Pastor Williams believes if you have a question, the Bible has the answers. Join us Wednesday on the show or at I Am Jesus Holy Ghost Church in Columbia, South Carolina, where service times are... Tuesday night prayer at 7 p.m., Sabbath Friday service at 7 p.m., and Saturday Sabbath day service at 12 noon. Our motto is, it pays to serve God. Hit us up at IamJesusHolyGhostChurch.org. That's Pastor Aaron B. Williams, live on Never Handed So Good Gospel 107. Come on and get the Word of God at its highest level.